Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So we're going to be talking about being vexed, how not to be vexed, what does it mean? So the word vexed, first of all, it basically means that you're agitated and something with fear comes at you and it's released and it tries to stir you to a place. If it's really strong, it can cause shaking, it can cause um, confusion, and it really, the way I see it is when people speak something unintentionally, but they're speaking not from the Holy Spirit and not from just, let me see this. When they're speaking from the flesh even, but they're speaking something negative. They're speaking something harmful. They're speaking something, um, that's why we're supposed to let our yes be yes and our no be no. That's why the Bible says we're going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for every idle word. So I just encourage you to get every idle word under the blood of Jesus so that it doesn't take forever to get through standing before the Lord. Just, just me alone could keep us there for years. So I'm like, Lord, I really want to be free. God is looking for people. Think about this now. In the apostolic that's coming, God is looking for people that every single word they speak comes to pass. So I can't say something stupid that could hurt somebody and then say something powerful that could set somebody free. God cannot give, he he cannot trust me with the anointing and the power if I don't get my tongue under his control, right? Because he's not going to just pull back the power. So the same power that I walk in or authority I walk in when I speak a blessing or I speak God's word or I release what he once said, angels perform that word, okay? But if I speak something that my flesh wants to say, if I speak something the enemy wants me to say, then demons take and use that. So when demons take what you say, it's called being vexed. Okay, and it stirs trouble. And people can say something, even the right thing, but from the wrong spirit. So if I say something to be spiritual, to sound spiritual, to impress people, but I'm not speaking from the Holy Spirit, and I'm speaking from another spirit, and that, that's people have what I call hyper-spirituality, or it's people who've taken in some wrong things or generational curses, and then they speak things, but they're actually causing confusion and division. That's not what they're thinking. It's unintentional. Okay. And so, and this is all over the body of Christ. This is all over the church these days. And God wants it all cleaned up. And so how do we clean something up? We start with ourselves. Lord, show me me. Show me where I've said things that have hurt people. Show me where I've unintentionally 
vexed people, um, which think of it, it means a demonic spirit can grab what you've said and use it to harass somebody, use it to torment somebody, use it to manipulate somebody, use it to fear somebody. What does the Bible say? Um, basically, witchcraft comes from the flesh. And rebellion is the same as the sin of witchcraft. What does it mean? It means when I'm rebelling against God and his ways, the things I speak out of rebellion, it's, it's got the same power as somebody who's actually operating in the occult, who is purposely trying to do evil. So that's why he's so big. That's why God is so big about life and death is in your tongue. That's why he's so big about the power of your words. That's why, because why, why does that matter? Because we were created in the image of God. We were created in the image of God and God speaks and things happen. Jesus' name before he became flesh and dwelt among us was um, the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, God is, Jesus Christ is literally the spoken word of God. He literally is uh, the revealer of the mind of God, the heart of God, the power of God. Everything that God is, Jesus is the one who reveals that. He is the word. And so he, the revealer of God, put on flesh and that's where we're filming this or whatever. We're doing this teaching right before Christmas, like about a week before Christmas. And that's what he came. It's he has always been Jesus. I've heard some wrong teaching. The truth is he was the word and he took on flesh. He was, he was who he's always been, Jehovah, but he came in flesh. He came in a human body so that he could be uh, the second Adam so he could redeem mankind. But... That was always set in motion before he even found it, before the foundations of the earth, okay? God already knew this whole plan. He already knows the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He knows what's going to happen when the book of Revelation is going to come. He knows when the bride's going to be ready. He's got this thing, you guys. He's got this thing. And we're just interactive parts of what he's doing in his story, okay? His story, history. And so, Lord, we want your will. And he's just chained. He's the whole, Holy, the whole Holy Spirit's here to cause us to die to self, to hate being manipulated and controlled by the enemy so that we are the sons and daughters of God. And the whole world, the Bible says, is waiting for us to be revealed as the sons and daughters of God with true authority and power, right? And so we get, the world's in such a mess right now because the sons and daughters of God are at least in the U.S. of A., are, are not serious about the word of God. They're not watching their mouths. They're listening to all the wrong things. And so we're not moving in that authority and power. And, and so God is going to shake everything that can be shaken to get us to this place where we do this thing his way, which is an exciting adventure for real. And so, um, so what brought this about um, to teach this? Well, we've had, when I have two situations that kind of need a healing or deliverance, based on the same topic of the topic being being vexed, then I know God wants me to bring that to everybody. It's like, okay, this is going on. So how do we get free from the, um, how do we get free from somebody vexing us, even if it's unintentional? Hmm? Right. First of all, I want to be divinely protected by not having a spirit or a heart to vex other people or a spirit to vex other people. How would you have a spirit to vex other people? If you ever operated in the occult and you haven't really hated it, really announced it, really repented from it, then you already have 
uh, a demonic spirit that can flow through your mouth that, that you can release curses. So first thing is we need to repent. And those who are going to be watching this here in other nations, you need to really repent of any occultic activity. I mean anything, anything from trying to hear um, voices, anything from Ouija boards or whatever those cards are called, tarot cards, whatever, anything. Watching witchcraft, anything to do with the occult. Even, people aren't going to like this, but martial arts, anything at all where you are calling on a different power besides Holy Spirit. Anyone who's had anything to do with those Harry Potter books or your children or teacher doing all of that is actually teaching witchcraft and opening people up to get a spirit that can vex people. That's, that's what the whole books are about. The whole movies are about how do you do this, cast these spells. So I'm just going to let everybody know America is in the worst spiritual shape that she has probably ever been in um, since our founding fathers found this nation. We probably have more witchcraft operating in this nation because of the movies, because of that, that whole series being taught in schools, the movies, the videos, and people are already vexed by it because they go along with it. When Even Christians, when you just have to wake up and see, why would you have your children learning how to curse somebody? I'll be honest with you, there is no good witches. So if you watch The Wizard of Oz and you thought there was a good witch, you need to repent and break the power of that. And, and how fanatical am I? I am so fanatical for Jesus. Holy is holy. And I won't get into another whole story, but the first time my son really started having that rare sickness or whatever that we took a long journey to, for him to get healed from, He'll t he told me back then, now he's kind of like doesn't know, but he watched, he literally watched The Wizard of Oz and it scared him, you know, with those monkeys flying around and stuff. He was a little kid, I think he was about five, six. And um, he told me later that somewhere that night or somewhere in that week, I don't know the exact details, a witch or a person, demonic, showed up in his room and said, just be my friend and I won't hurt you. He's just a little kid. I didn't know this till later. But that is when he started being really sick. That's when, from that time on, there's hospitals. It was years later before I found out this happened. Oh, and then we broke the power of it. And we canceled the assignment. And I personally repented for not being more diligent of what my kids watched. And I was pretty strict. But after that, I became extremely observant to what they're watching. And I'm going to say that to say we have really, we have a mess on our hands in the United States of America, and the enemy has been such an influence in television, such an influence in movies, such an influence in music, such an influence in every eye gate, ear gate, every gate we have to get in with this kind of stuff. So the answer is not to go and tell people they can't watch it, okay? Because they don't get the spiritual stuff, and that's what they're so afraid of. Somebody tell me what I can and can't do. Okay, we need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to convict people so they can start this journey to be made holy because he's holy where he tells you, don't do this anymore, right? This isn't about rules and regulations. That only brings death, the Bible says. This is about a people who want to be holy because God is holy. How many would really like to move in the power of God? How many would really like to raise the dead? 
would really like to see the sick healed, really have the power of God to set people free, okay? Really see this stuff. I really see this stuff, okay? I really see this stuff. Here's the deal. I have to be holy so that the enemy, first, I want to be holy because God is holy. I really, I don't want, what's being holy? Having no evil in you. That's what holy is. Holy is the absence of evil. I want to be holy because God is holy. I want to, I'm made in his image, in his likeness. I don't want the enemy inside of my life. That's why Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit comes in and begins the process of sanctifying us and making us holy and setting us apart to be holy. He says he's going to make us perfect. What's perfect? Where every single area of our life is submitted to Holy Spirit. And this is really going to happen to have the bride without spot or blemish. This, the bride is the apostolic revelation that's going to come to the church to cause a mature, chore believers who are living holy lives, moving in the power of God, understanding who he is, walking with him, having a great relationship with him. And most people don't even think that's possible in the church. It's totally possible in the church because God lives in us. He died. He paid the price so that he could live inside of us, so that he could make us holy, so that we could know him and walk with him and have the most powerful relationship on the entire planet with God now not just when we die but now and so that's up and coming events and so the shaking we're going through as a nation the shaking and the trials you're going through individually is because the enemy is allowed to attack us where he still has ownership and the key to getting free is to say um Quit acting like you're so spoiled. I'm being attacked because I'm so spiritual. Well, people are being attacked who don't even know God, and so they're not being attacked because they're so spiritual. Well, it's because of the call on my life. The enemy is, he attacks everybody. I'm not going to spiritualize when the enemy's kicking my butt. If I'm not spiritual, he should be under my feet. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just saying we, we try to, we try to, Make this about how great we are and, and how big the devil is and how much this God stuff doesn't seem to work. God, Holy Spirit, has all authority and power and he lives in us and we have to take that authority and power and what gets in the way is where Satan knows he still has some ownership. And so the whole idea of sanctification is to be free from the influence of the enemy. So... Everyone here can probably think of a time that you said something um, that you probably shouldn't have said. Now, if the power of life and death is in your tongue, and let me just say this for the passive-aggressive people, just because you can shut your mouth, that's good, but passive-aggressive is when the devil gets in your thoughts and you agree with those thoughts, and people around you can feel that. Now, the devil doesn't know your thoughts. The devil gives you thoughts. And the Bible says to cast down those imaginations. Okay, how, how many have ever been around somebody, and you could tell they were mad, just, you could feel it. Like, you didn't, even have to, you didn't even have to look at them. They could be smiling and looking all sweet, and you're like, ooh, felt that. Okay, that's discernment. But even people who aren't born again can still feel the presence of evil, right? If you don't, don't, don't do this, but if you go to certain theme parks or something and certain things and rides that are supposed to represent evil, you can feel that stuff. 
And so God gave us, when Holy Spirit comes in, we automatically have discernment. But we can choose to to flow with that and to recognize that and to mature in that and to ask God to give us a greater gift of discerning of spirits, right? So, and then, I mean, you can pick up stuff. I mean, seriously, you can feel that and you can feel that and you can know what's going on. And so that's another whole thing we're not going to do. We'll have to do some training on that. What do you do when you really know how to discern? And what's the opposite of discerning? What's the counterfeit? Suspicion. Suspicion, okay? And suspicion is part of vexing. Suspicion is part of vexing somebody. Okay, get what I mean when I say vexing. It's releasing something into the atmosphere that demons can grab onto and harass somebody with. We need to teach our kids. I hope children's church is teaching our kids to get free from this. You need to get free from anything that the enemy would think he has a right to be able to use you to vex somebody. He also, you, when he has no rights to use you to vex somebody, then the enemy cannot vex you. Now, if somebody tries to vex you or curse you, what do you do? You bless them and it goes away. I got other stories for that one. I'll have to tell that one time where that pastor tried to kill me from the pulpit, said I was going to die if I didn't come up and bow down before him and repent. Um, I don't know what I'm supposed to be repenting of. Oh, having a Bible study at home. But anyway, um, needless to say, I'm here and he actually is not. He, he died. Not right then, thank God. And it wasn't because I cursed him, because I blessed him. But that's another principle. And we saw that if you saw the teaching on Sunday where we talked about in Gideon, Gideon's father, Joash, when they came and said, give me Gideon, he tore down Baal's altar, we're going to kill him. And he said, well, wait a minute, whoever wants to try, whoever tries to kill Gideon will be dead by morning. Well, what happened, what was he actually, he was actually, now he, he served Baal, so he was probably releasing witchcraft, to be quite honest, we don't know that much about Joash, but spiritual law, if you come and touch what God has blessed, you bring a curse on yourself. You bring a curse on yourself. And so he was kind of putting that out there. And just to get a t little tiny bit political, has anyone noticed since the teaching Friday and the prayer Friday and on Sunday, everything has turned around? Today's the 13th. I told you something awesome was going to happen on the 13th. So at the end of this, because I want to keep this message concise, remind me, and I'll tell you some things that have happened in the last few days that are really amazing. All right? So um, don't, you guys got to just not let me forget, but I want to put that in this. Anyhow, so let's look at some scriptures about vexing. Does anybody get this? Okay. Does everybody see where, okay, I know people have said things before. How, okay. How many know, look at all these kids trying to kill themselves and all because somebody bullies them. Okay. It's not just because they're being picked on you guys. It's they're being vexed. Okay. They're being vexed. So if somebody vexed somebody, so like bullying, okay. What they're doing is they're actually releasing demons to cause that person. Like if somebody says, just kill yourself. They say, well, just teach them how. How do you teach a child or a teen or somebody not to kill themselves if somebody says, just kill yourself? First of all, you shouldn't say that. But if somebody does, you've got to teach. First of all, their hearts need to be right. I need to go get the youth in here. The hearts need to be right so that they're not vexing other people. And all this stuff on social media is a truckload of vexing going on, right? Cursing each other. Speak, just 
I, I can't really think of a better word than vex when you really look at the definition. It's to agitate. It's to frustrate. It's to stir someone with fear. It's to cause a trembling. It's to cause... So basically, all that's leading up to, it's empowering the enemy. So when someone says something, and we have a whole culture of bullying, we have a culture of bullying with... Um, the sitcoms, people, they put that fake laugh on when somebody talks mean to their parents, right? We have an entire culture now. We didn't used to, but we have an entire culture. And so now we're reaping that. We're reaping what we've allowed to be sown for over 40, probably at least the last 20, 30 years. So if you're going to first get your children free from this, show them why they can't do this, show them, you know, teach them the ways of God. But as a parent... Seriously, if you know there's an issue, you need to begin. You get this out of your heart first. You don't have authority if Satan still uses you to do this, okay? Why? Because I can't serve the enemy while I'm trying to take authority over him. Aren't you thankful that God is in charge and the enemy can't just come and wipe us out for anything that's still left in our hearts? And, and the place where you see that is a little bit in Job, if you really want to get to Job. The enemy said, can I go do this? And the Lord's like, you can do this, but you can't do this, okay? And in New Covenant, that's more based on spiritual law, okay? We won't get into that tonight. But it's based on how it works with the Lord. Holy Spirit's in charge. If the Holy Spirit's in there going, uh-uh, Satan, I'm not dealing with that yet. And so she has all the authority that she has in Christ, all right? That you have all the authority that you have in Christ. But when God starts to touch something and say, we're going to deal with this, we need to deal with this now. When we don't deal with that now, what happens? We get outside of God's will. We get outside of his divine protection. So I just want you to know that everybody doesn't have to be completely perfected the day they're born again. Thank God, right? But we do have to be obedient as he's causing us to grow up. And as we get out of what he calls infant, as an infant, you're tossed all around. You're just like everybody else, but you're falling, falling in love with Jesus, learning the scriptures. Then as a small child, you begin to recognize you have a heavenly father. You begin to know all these things that's in, in uh, John 1. But then comes the, the sons or the young men or young men and young daughters. Um, by then you got to a place of maturity where he's going to let you start to see that the devil's real and you're going to have to take authority over him. They're go you're going to learn how to have authority over the enemy. And guess what? That's when a lot of people start entering into more trials than they've had before. Count it all joy, those various trials. That's what he says. Hey, party time. You're having a trial. Woohoo! Why is this so much fun? Because if you hold, hold on to Holy Spirit and obey Holy Spirit, then you're going to be getting really rid of stuff that God wants out of you, which is why you're having the trial and you're going to get to a place of freedom. You're going to know how good God is, how powerful he is, how wonderful he is. He's going to become your personal savior and friend and you're going to know him and you're not, you're going to be so excited to know Jesus Christ personally, right? And then he says, I'm going to do all this to establish you. Establish you in what? In what he's called you to be and who he's called you to be. All right. So if you can't count a trial, if you're not counting a trial as joy, you haven't had a breakthrough. I'll just be honest. You're trying to figure it out in your head. You're trying to get everybody else to help. You're doing whatever. Okay, Holy Spirit's got this thing. Now you're going to learn to overcome because if you don't, when you have to overcome and you don't overcome, you're going under. 
And I believe you'll still go to heaven as long as you don't blaspheme God. But the devil's going to kick your behind, okay? He's going to be winning. This is a real fight. It's a good fight. Why is it good? Because if you listen to God and obey him, you win. And you get more spiritual muscles. You know how to fight. He'll teach our hands to war, okay? He'll teach our hands to war. And he'll add to that faith perseverance. That's the long trials. Woohoo! Has anybody yet figured out that the U.S. of A. is in a persevering trial? Not a, I'm going to pick this date and this is all going to be over. Isn't it great? And all the prophets who've said that need to actually just humble themselves and say, you know what? I still believe what God showed me, but I get it. We got to persevere for this one. We've got to persevere. For, I can't just say it and then it's going to happen. We have got to see how God is going to get us to the finish line. I think it's really awesome that the enemy attacks, but God gets the entire nations of the world in a trial at one time. And the entire nations of the world are persevering all together at one time. That's amazing. That in and of itself shows us that we are in the end times and God is trying to bring a church um, a bride forth in a powerful way corporately because I know the things I've walked through to be able to teach some of these things now I walked through them because the enemy was trying to destroy me and he had some legal rights to destroy me but God showed me those that were the power of those I learned what I've learned and guess what now and I always said Lord everybody can't go through all this to get to a place to walk in freedom and know you how are you going to do this it could be because think about it, as soon as a group of us get through to a place of maturity, there's a bunch of new babies. But he threw everybody in at once. Right? And people are, this is, how many know darkness is really coming in quickly? Well, we need the light of God's word and his power. And he's going to shake it. He's not going to back down until we all, at least those who are going to get in and win. So just know it. This is what's happening. So we want to have, we want to get the power where everything we speak happens. So think about that for a minute. If I walk in that authority where everything I speak happens, I don't want to say something stupid. I don't want to have somebody dash by me in their car and me say or even think something that could hurt them. That's why vengeance belongs to the Lord. We've got to get the complete idea of, of vindicating ourselves out of our hearts. And how many know we're being tested with what we see in our society today? Right? So God's like, he's, he's perfecting us. He's like, no, you're going to have to trust me. Now, some of the generational things that can bring, uh, that could have you have a generational curse where of witchcraft in your family um, first of all, look at your, look at your roots, go back to what, what were the generation of my ancestors? What were they practicing? Now I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, but if I've decided to be a new creation in what the devil wants me to be a new creation, and if I'm all about my, uh, Native American heritage, or you're about your African American heritage, or you're about whatever heritage, you better go back and see, is there witchcraft in that heritage? Because you're almost always going to find that there is. Right? Well, all of a sudden you're embracing witchcraft, and then we wonder, why is it all over the church? I'll just be honest, why is it so strong in churches that seem to want to be uh, 
in the woke crowd instead of to be awakened by God. And it's mainly a spirit of witchcraft. Why? Because people have embraced and identified in something that's not in Christ. I want us to see this. This is why you see so much violence. This is why you see certain people group and, and our younger people, get ready, our, our younger people are really being hit these days, aren't they? Because they have been fed on garbage while the parents are happily working and trying to have more of this, that, and the other. And, and Christians are made fun of. We really have to pray, you guys. Because when we win this city and we win this area, then we're going to win this state. Oh, and then once we win this state, we're going to learn how to win other states. And we help other people learn to win states because it's all really not that difficult if we know how to do spiritual warfare. And we cannot do true spiritual warfare if our hearts still are bowing to the enemy. That's why the idols have to come down. That's why Jesus says if the people called by name would humble themselves pray, turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, heal their land. I'll hear their prayers. I'll heal their land. And it's always the same way. That's how we get healed. That's how you personally get healed. That's how your family gets healed. That's how the city gets healed. That's how the state gets healed. That's how the nations get healed. There's no other plan. And why did Jesus die then? Because he died so the Holy Spirit could come in so we could do all that. Led only by his spirit. It's the only way we can do this thing. All right. So let me look at a few of these scriptures. So let's, let me look at, there's so many of them. Okay, I'm just going to read these. I'm reading them in the King James um, because that's where they use the word vexed, okay? The other ones use the word troubled, stirred of frustration, anger. I like the word vexed personally because it means all of that, okay? And I like the word vexed in the sense that it shows you it has to do with demonic spirits, okay? Um, so ex, um, ex, Ezekiel twenty two twenty nine, and you can write these down or not. We don't have time. All you have to do is go to your Strong's, especially if the E-Sword, put the word vexed, B-E-X-E-D in there, and all of these will show up, and then you could look at them on your own. But the people of the land have used oppression, exercised robbery, and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. And I sought for man among them that should make up the hedge, stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. How many know he's going to find some for America, right? Not many. How many people show up for prayer meetings for real? How many really spend time with the Lord and get some of these revelations? I'm going to tell you what. We are. I've been totally re, Holy Spirit has refocused me on what we're called to do, and I'm really excited by it. And um, this vex thing is what was happening that made me see this church wrong. And, and the Lord showed us when I was praying over this, you need to break the spirit. Your church has been vexed because there's people who listen to us on the radio and stuff who release witchcraft. And I'm not concerned about people releasing witchcraft. I just pray that they get saved, right? But what happens is they put a spirit, they vex this place to be divisive. And so as soon as it, to keep people from coming, to keep new people from coming. And, I, and it would cause me to act strange when new people came and anyway, and I saw things wrong. And so once I got this broken off of me, um, then I just saw things correct. Let, let me tell you, just like, all right, these are just some, 
these are some non-Christian, but quote, in our culture, normal ways people can vex people not meaning it. How, has anybody ever heard the saying, I've got your goat? Okay, us older people heard that a lot. What does that mean? I'm going to pick on you, pick on you, pick on you, pick on you, bug you, bug you, pick on you. And no matter what you do, you can't get to me. And then when they blow up, right, and they get all mad and they get all angry, you say, got your goat. Okay, that's a vexing spirit. My personal family, we, us kids, we did that all the time. We would get my brother so mad that he would just turn all red and scream. I mean, he would just go bonkers. And we used to do it to my mom. We used to do it to my mom. Well, then I noticed, as the Lord was showing me this, my boys used to gang up on me and try to do this. They try to just say goofy things until it tries to make you mad. Okay, now I know none of you, you all have the, the perfect little families and you were all raised with, you know, you know, just, just so wonderful. But I'm just honest, okay? So not that you're not honest because you're just perfect people who are so honest. But um, so, you know, just so you can see what some of us have gone through. But anyway, that's vexing. And in my family, that was so big, it was, it's a generational curse. And then I start to look at it. It's like, oh, that's what would happen. And my grandfather used to get so mad. And then he would pick on. And it's just this thing. You pick on people till they lose it. We need to repent. So when I'm going to say this stuff, if you have ever been part of picking on someone. Now, we wouldn't call it bullying because we weren't telling them to kill themselves. We weren't telling them to do anything horrible. But how many knows the next generation gets the thing worse? Just like if you're really blessed, the next generation gets more blessing. Well, it's the same in the curse. So let's just go ahead and do an altar call for that, right? You can stay in your seats. But Lord Jesus, forgive me for picking on people, for using my words to irritate, frustrate, and judge people, to be divisive. I ask you to forgive me, and I want it out of my heart. I break the power of a generational curse, of vexing. Whoa. I want it completely gone. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this other thing, I won't use names. It's so funny. When God gets me on a topic, it's like everywhere I turn, I see something about that topic. That's how I know it's God's timing to do this. I had a different message for tonight. How many know I almost have a different message for every single time I get up here and I never do the message that I had until some other time. But um, I was watching someone who I really admire, who I know is really called and I believe is going to be apostolic one day. And all of a sudden they're defending themselves so much. They're just, they're being attacked and being called false, but they're defending themselves. And so they start to say things that are just... Um, bullying almost like, well, God's going to do this to you. And look, God is not part of vexing. You can go look. You don't see. Think about it. Think about it. Because we have people saying there's such prophets and this and that, and God's going to get you because you touched the prophet. Well, can I just say something? First of all, did God do something when they touched the apostles? I mean, Paul, every single apostle was murdered, martyred except for John, only because they couldn't. They tried. They tried to boil him, and he wouldn't die. And they, they just couldn't kill him. Got his sense of humor. So probably wasn't fun for John. 
But he ended up, you know, going to a prison camp and writing the book of Revelations. I mean, no, the American church is really wimpy. And we got a long way to go before we go to a prison camp and write the book of Revelations. So anyway, so, so the Lord, just, it's like we've got to get that bullying thing out of our hearts. How many know that that's the thing that agitates from some president that I really like, that I really um, hope uh, gets another opportunity to reveal how powerful um, he could be to help our nation? But how many know we need to pray against the bullying spirit so that people who've been wounded and frustrated by bullies will change their mind. Some people have been so hurt by that spirit that Christians will do anything to say, I can't, they would even vote a demonic platform just not to be okay because somebody um, says things that are mean. But see, if you've been really hurt by bullying, if you recognize there's a vexation, there's vexing on that, then, then they're going to be really put off with that. So we need it out of our hearts so we can intercede and pray, right? We want to intercede and pray with authority. We want to intercede and pray with power. Okay, so, so, so we need to see some of these things. And that's why it's so important that we let God deal with our heart issues. We want to have our heart issues dealt with. How many have seen this in your kids? In fact, if you've got kids at all messing with tarot cards and messing with we, any of that mess, okay? You need to get completely cleansed yourself. You need to get free and repent from anything of this you were ever entertained with or had anything to do with because that's how Satan tries to get in. So we need to do more than just tell our kids, look, you have to forgive somebody if they vex you or if they say mean things, okay? We want to teach them that, but we need to sit there with them and say, you know what? Did you ever have these thoughts of what you'd like to do to them or how you, we need to ask God to forgive you. We need to get that out of your heart and really pray and intercede because the minute you bless somebody who, who's cursing you, seriously, uh, the attack of the enemy stops and then it goes back at them, but you don't want to do it for it to go back at them. You just want to do what God says. And it just happens to be a spiritual law that it's going to go back at them. All right. We want to be those people who can stand in the gap right? And that's what, that's what true praying for a nation is. Um, when you're standing in the gap, it means you've already been free. You're already okay. You know, God's taking care of you. You're really in the kingdom. And now you're praying because you want other people to have an opportunity to find Christ. You want other people to have an opportunity to be blessed. It's not a prayer that's about you to stand in the gap is to stand up for somebody who's not walking in that revelation. And how many know people need to learn how to stand in the gap for their families? People need to know how to stand in the gap for people who are totally turned off to God. And we need to even be able to stand in the gap for our politicians, for the politicians, no matter how much wickedness is there. We are not their judges. Amen? God says, who are you to judge another man's servant? For to their master, they'll stand or they'll fall. Jesus knows which ones belong to him, and he knows which ones are going to hell. And he tells us, don't touch it except to pray for them. And there's Paul who says, watch out, these are wicked people. It's okay to recognize that. It's okay not to go along with their shenanigans. But at the same time, vengeance belongs to the Lord. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. You need to understand that when you want vengeance, and look, as Satan does such horrific, horrific things with murder and, and just horrible things that are, it's everywhere. You can't get away from it almost. Um, 
without becoming Amish. And then you probably couldn't get away with it, get away from it anyway. It's just really hard. It's everywhere. You got to realize our kids are bombarded with all this stuff all the time. Okay. And it's going to make them, what's vengeance? I wouldn't let anybody do that to me or I hope somebody, cause I'm, you've got to let go. You've got to let go. And, um, I'm going to say a few things that we can't say on here. Um, when this is over, if you guys remind me, it's something else about things going on. Um, I'll just say this. People ask me, well, how do you feel about the Marine still in the Russian prison, but the athlete um, who wasn't that yay USA free? Well, I feel like the two have nothing to do with each other. I feel like if that was my daughter and she had her issues, whatever, and she was in prison in a Russian prison, as horrible as that is, I would want them to get her out. I'm not going to let somebody use this to make me divisive. I'm not going to let somebody use this to make me take a stand. That question has nothing to do with it. And if we want to be, why didn't Trump get the other one out? Maybe there's something he knows. I don't know. I'm just saying. We've got to quit being pulled into these ridiculous things that are posted on social media by Christians. I, I don't have to take a side. Who do I wish? Get them both out or get nobody out. Decide what you're going to do. Quit, quit playing these games. Get some strategy from God. Right? See, when you get blinded by a political spirit, okay, you can be blinded by a political spirit. Your political spirit may be more in line with God's word, but a political spirit's still a demon. And all of a sudden, you can't see anything right. And all of a sudden, you're gullible. And all of a sudden, people can't relate to you because you're operating in a spirit and you can't see how things work. You know, before any of this happened, um, before 2016, the Lord told me to renounce and break the power of a political spirit. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you have one. Everybody has one just about in your nation. You need to renounce it and break its hold so that you can see clearly. And so that's another whole teaching. But we need to do these things if we're going to intercede and pray. And you need to watch, you know, what you jump on. All right, here's another one, all right? In the New Covenant, Matthew 15, 22. Now listen to this. And behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast, cried to the Lord, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. So what does that mean? That means you can be vexed with the devil. You're, you can be, uh, you, her daughter, probably generational curse, but her daughter had a demon troubling her. So I want you to get the idea of the word vex. It troubles you. It bothers you. It harasses you. It tries to make you fearful. It tries to make you afraid, all right? It tries to do that. Now, I, I've already repented. If I've ever tried to shame anybody, that's kind of how it worked in our family, and it broke the power of that. I can't make you, it's sometimes difficult in that I can see what the enemy might be up to, but if I tell you and you operate in fear, then it's not, I can't tell you, but, and I've got to be careful not to try to tell you, and I got to get my heart right, so I never release something in fear, because when you release something, and I used to do this because I wanted people to wake up and see how serious things were, but 
I can't do it with fear. You never operate in fear. You never post something to make something afraid. You never, anything you're doing fear-based, even if your motive is for something good to come out of it, it's manipulation. Manipulation is witchcraft or vexing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I had to ask the Lord, get that out of my heart. I'd rather, I, I don't, anything that you do in fear does, it works as a curse. Okay. It works. It's a vexing. So, so when you might see where your child is heading in the wrong direction or somebody you care about, but if you're trying to stop them through threats, through telling them what terrible thing could happen, um, and it's fear-based, do you understand what I'm talking about? It's about the spirit of fear that you're releasing behind that thing. And so we've got to get free from these things. We've got to get free so we can speak wisdom. We can talk to somebody in, in wisdom from God and almost say the exact same thing, but say it in a spirit of wisdom so that it's faith. Just like what I was just saying about, you know, teach your kids how get vexing out of their heart. Look, if you've got kids who are, are sneaking around on whatever and reading witchcraft stuff or their school or they go to the library, they got that stuff in them, you guys. So then when you have them, somebody bullying them or something, they, they have already a spirit of vexation in them. So what that person's saying is going to attack. And we got to get free from generational curses of this. Really get free. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We, he wants to lead us, okay? He wants to lead our children. He wants to lead us in our parenting. He tells us, do not threaten. He tells us, do not provoke your children to such a point where they're, they're defiant. He's telling you, all those things are vexing. You could be the best salesperson in the world, think everybody loves you, get them all to do what you want, and you're operating in a spirit of witchcraft or vexing. And it could come because you never really renounced, um, you know, uh, witchcraft or playing around with it or new age or even uh, martial arts or any of that stuff. Do you get what I'm saying? The church has got to get back to the altar and be able to say, God, forgive me. I hate that. You can really look at your life right now and most of the mess you're going through has to do with something that you opened the door to or was opened in your family and you never closed it by the blood of the lamb. There's not a single person who can be touched except for persecution. The only way the enemy can touch you and it has nothing to do with you is for righteousness sake. I can be persecuted for righteousness sake. And what happens when that happens? I have the spirit of glory on me. Stephen, when he was stoned to death, it wasn't because of something in him where he had murdered something in his heart. He was seriously stoned to death because of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, purely teaching it in a powerful way, preaching it. How can you tell? Because he saw the Lord stand up. You don't see that very often. And he also said, Father, don't hold this sin against them. Why? Because he was being persecuted for righteousness sake, murdered for righteousness sake. And what was on him? The spirit of glory. He wasn't trying to work up something to forgive him. He couldn't help but forgive him. The very glory and the presence of God was on him. How many know we have a ways to go? We're going to get there though, amen? We're going to get there. We're going to have a younger generation that gets there. We're going to get back into the real word of God and see how God really moves. And we've got to deal with our heart issues. 
Get rid of the carnal mindedness. Quit looking for excuses outside of you. Why don't you have authority? The Bible says one believing spouse, one believing parent sanctifies the children and makes them holy. In other words, quit blaming her and quit blaming him. It's you. Quit blaming the parents they had before you adopted them. Quit blaming anybody. If they're yours and you have authority, it, when they are yours, you have authority. If you're in Christ, how powerful is the authority to see deliverance and healing and everything that they need to grow up in a powerful way? That's what God has for his people. Right? But how many of us are between two things? The Lord, you know, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to believe? Get the things out of your heart. I can't sit there and look at the things that I see on my kids. I can see some things that come from grandparents and different things. But you know what? Uh-uh. I, I break the power of that, right? I break the curse. Of, I break generational curses. I break the power. Ugh, it gets so powerful, you don't realize that you actually vex somebody when you say, you're just like grandpa, or you're just like this, or you're just like that. There was someone in my family, whenever they were acting really crazy, to be honest, and they were screaming and yelling, because probably the whole vexing thing in our family that would get them to a point of anger, they would look right at you, instead of apologizing for screaming and yelling and slapping you and acting crazy, they would just say, well, you know, I only do that because we're just alike. That was the devil putting that whole thing on me. I break the power of that. You got to break the, those are word curses. Was it intentional? No. Was it powerful? Yes. Why? Because it was vexing. But what have you said to your kids when you're angry? What have you said to your kids when you were frustrated? What did you say to your kids when they were growing up? What spirit were you operating under if you used the scriptures on them? You have a Bible promise. If you train your children in the ways of the Lord, they won't depart from it. So if they departed from it, something about it wasn't being trained in the ways of the Lord. So what would I do about that? I'd go and repent about what part of it wasn't in the ways of the Lord. What part of it was still my flesh? What part of it was me using the word to try to make them do something? What part of it? Why? Because if I repent, God will jump in and fix things. Praise God. It's the culture. No, because the culture around me is going to be the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel the presence of God. We can't think like the world. Why? Because we're not. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You got to come next Tuesday. We're going to talk about how do I get in Christ Jesus. Christ in me is the hope of glory. But in Christ Jesus is where I literally walk in the power and the presence of God. And too many people walk in and out, in and out, in and out. Every time the enemy can bring condemnation, what's that? Poor me. Oh, I did that wrong. <sighs> of course you did something wrong. Repent. Ask God to help you. He's, he, he loves you. He died for you. He sent his spirit into you. He made you his kid. Now trust him and believe him and watch what he does. Get free from condemnation. All right. We see where um, her daughter is vexed with the devil in Matthew 15, 22. So she recognized 
that her daughter could be vexed with the devil. I think this is what I want to look at. Matthew 15, 28. Let's look at the whole thing a second. Matthew 15, 22. I'm going to try the Passion Translation. Matthew 15, 22. He encountered a Canaanite woman who screamed out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. That's a big way of saying vexed. But Jesus never answered her. So his disciples said to him, why do you ignore this woman who is crying out to us? Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before him and said, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it out to the dogs. You're right, Lord, she replied, but even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. One reason Jesus could say this to her is he was not able to vex anybody. What am I saying? He was not able to frustrate her. He was not able to cause her to feel shame. He was not able to cause her to feel unloved. Do you understand what I'm saying? And he just called her a dog. That doesn't mean we could think we're a prophet today and call people dogs. He had nothing in his heart that could be released on that woman that the enemy could use to hurt her. How many would like to get to that place? And so she was able to respond and not be offended. But the puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. Jesus answered to her, dear woman. I love that. He called her, he, she goes from being a dog to a dear woman. For God to go from saying, he was basically saying what she knew they were called if they weren't Jews. And everybody knows that he saw everyone as children of God, right? But he knew he was only called to the Jews. And so he was saying what she already knew when she came up to him, that he would see her, that a Jewish uh, person would see anyone with her background as a dog. And so he was basically letting her know, you know I can't give the children's bread to a dog. Instead of her getting angry and turning around and washing off. She said, but Lord, even the dogs get the crumbs from the children's table. What does she say? She goes, I know I don't deserve this healing. I know it's not the time for me to get my daughter free. But can I just have a tiny crumb? Because it took so much for me to come and ask you for this. Because I knew that I'm seen as a dog. I know in, in, in when it comes to living a holy life, following all the rules and regulations and doing the, all the things that the Jews have to do to stay ceremonially clean and all the sacrifices and all those rules, I haven't been doing them. I get it. I get it. I, I don't deserve for you to give me this kind of a this kind of food 
but please, as my daughter, can I just have a crumb, just one crumb? And then listen to what, listen how Jesus responds to faith. Come on, people. I want you to get this. We don't, we so rarely give Jesus a reason to say, wow, look at that faith. Here's more, oh, look at that murmuring. You know, come on, how about make a decision tonight that I'm going to be that person who gives God something to go wow about? How do you do that? Just like this woman, you recognize you don't deserve anything, but you recognize that just one crumb from the Lord Jesus Christ could set your daughter free could heal your body. Just one little crumb to the most undeserving person there is. And you don't let anything that God does and how he does it let you put your two cents in and get offended about it. Dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. At that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. Right there is the most powerful, a powerful revelation for anyone who's praying for a child to be set free. I'm talking set free from anything. I'm talking set free from anything. Go back. And study that and find out, Lord, am I as humble as that woman? And do I have the kind of faith that thinks, God, if I could just get a crumb from you, my child would be delivered and set free. Right? Let's do that announcement. Please turn off your phones. We are video recording uh, this message. Oh. Right, though? It's funny, though. The enemy knows sometimes when to interrupt because people who should be hearing it, if they could really hear it right now, they just got an answer to their prayer. How much do you recognize who he is and just one tiny crumb. And he'll set your child free from demonic oppression. He's no respecter of persons. Here's somebody who wasn't walking even in the ways of the Jews. But what was it about her? She wanted her daughter set free from demonic torment more than anything else. She was willing to be rebuked. She was willing to be misunderstood. She was willing to be caught. You know, the other person it reminds you of is um, Hannah. And it was, I think it was Hannah in the scripture who the priest thought she was drunk, but she didn't care. She just wanted this promise from God and God did that. Let me. Some of you worry too much about what you look like. Some, some of you worry too much about, well, what will people think if I really go up and really start crying and seeking the Lord? And what will people think if I, you know, what will they, who can we get past thinking? Who cares what they think? What's real in your heart? You can't fake this stuff. What's real in your heart? You reveal 
to Jesus what's in your heart by not caring what people think. This woman didn't care what those disciples thought. She really was okay with getting a major rebuke from God. How cool is that? As long as she could have that crumb. Because she loved her daughter so much. She loved her daughter so much that she believed Jesus. All right, let's go back to the teaching. All right, here's another one. Luke 6, 18, and they were... And they were vexed with unclean spirits, and, th and, then they and then they were healed. So they were attacked by unclean spirits. They were stirred up by unclean spirits. Unclean spirits mean foul spirits. We're not going to get into that. We might get into that when we do the pigs of the pollard. There's, different, there's a lot of different things. We have a lot of filthy, unclean things in our nation. But there's all, unclean also can do with other spirits besides just sexual perversion. So this person had, was causing them to be sick. Okay, Matthew seventeen fifteen. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sorely vexed, and he falls into the fire and into the water. So this is a person who has major convulsions. So he, this, and, and the passion says, Lord, please show your tender mercy towards my son. He has a demon who afflicts him. He has epilepsy and he suffers horribly from seizure. He falls into cooking fires and into the river. Which right here, people who are fighting epilepsy, you have a really powerful revelation if you go read all this and find out what's going on, break curses and things. All right. And um, I like this part, Matthew 17. We're going to learn some of this in this Tuesday coming up in January. I brought him to your followers, but they weren't able to heal him. And then Jesus replied, where's your faith? Can't you see how wayward and wrong this generation is? Wicked generation. How much longer do I stay with you and put up with your doubts? Bring your son to me. So how many would know this would be a rebuke we would get in our, we would get this in our nation and most churches. How can you keep, un, quit not believing God. Just know he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He loves us. He loves people. He died to set your children free. He died to set you free. He doesn't want you to be separated from your children and they go to hell and you go to heaven. He doesn't want the enemy tormenting them. He has this awesome life for them. He wants us to begin to believe him, all right? And you can find a lot more than these. I'm just doing a few, few of them for you. Acts 5, 16. There came a multitude out of the cities around about Jerusalem, bringing sick, fo sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed, every single one. Can I tell you something? If the enemy's tormenting you and you're vexed or whatever, don't stay away from church. Just don't be fake when you come. Right? Just don't be fake when you come. If you, if, you're not, if you know you want Jesus Christ, if you know you asked him to be Lord of your life and you're still in areas of sin, whether it's anger or whatever, then recognize you definitely want to come next Tuesday because you have areas of your life that have to get in Christ because you can be born again, but not in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, then you're going to live under condemnation. You're going to try to do better. Let me tell you, if you're going to try to do better, you're already recognizing it's you doing it. How many have tried to do better and it hasn't worked? Okay, so quit trying to do better. Let him do it. 
When he does it, when he took my grief and sorrow, he took it. Thank God, I'm going to try not to have grief and sorrow. I'm going to try not to be miserable. I'm going to try not to have fear. Okay, you can't do it. In Christ, there's this thing called grace. In Christ, he does it. In Christ, he sets you free. In Christ, he stops the enemy. In Christ, he makes you strong. In Christ, you see, you may see yourself as a Gideon, and who am I? I'm so afraid. And he says, you mighty warrior. Let me say this. Some of you need to look in the mirror, and you need to say, I'm in Christ. Therefore, I am powerful in God. Some of you need to say, I'm in Christ, and no weapon formed against me can prosper. I'm not looking at pornography anymore. And I'm talking to people who are watching this too. I'm not cussing anymore. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. You have, and you don't say because of who you are. Say, no, you know what? I'm in Christ. I'm born again, which means he's my Lord, and I can choose to walk in him and be clothed in him and not live in a place where I'm trying to do this. He's not asking you to do this. He's asking you to crucify you because if you're dead, you can't be condemned, Right? I know this is like the spiritual part of this thing, people. You could do a little prayer and have a very spiritual thing happen when God comes in. And you can see little changes with that. But a really big spiritual thing happens when you also die to self and everything is about God. And he's going to do this and he's going to show me how and he's going to teach me his ways. And he's going to show me why the enemy keeps doing this. Because when I know why, I can take authority over it in Christ, right? And I can make it stop in Christ. See, it's not like, um, it's not like a magic wand. It's like a revelation from Jesus Christ given through Holy Spirit that gives you the answer to be free. But you're only going to get that revelation, what? In Christ, in Christ, he's going to show you something. In Christ, you're going to have to lay down that stuff you hang on to in your idols. That's probably going to be a longer session than one time too. Okay, I'm almost done. Okay, I want to look at this one, it says. Second Peter 2, 7, so let's go there. I write these little notes here. Second Peter 2, 7, okay. Second Peter two seven. All right. All right. This is this is very powerful. And then you've got to stop and think about our kids, what they're going through. Second Peter two seven. And and he delivered Lot, who was vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. All right, your children are vexed if they hear the filthy conversations of the wicked. You're vexed if you listen to the things that the wicked are doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are troubled. Demons are released. You're stirred up. You won't be able to sleep good. You'll be going through this. People on meds for this and people on meds for that and people who are mad can't sleep. I can't do this. You're vexed. I like it. We got this put in a nice new little word from King James. So, if they say, if he's saying this in the book of 2 Peter, it's New Covenant, right? And he's still giving an Old Testament example, okay? 
And he's saying, and this will tell you, people who aren't born again can be vexed, right? But people who are born again and in the flesh can be vexed. People who are born again and not in the spirit can be vexed. You cannot watch garbage in the spirit. You cannot watch garbage in Christ. You cannot talk garbage in Christ. You can get a religious spirit, which I see people prophesy nowadays with a religious spirit or mocking spirit, whatever you want to call it, and they can say the Bible verses, but it's not coming out with the heart of God. Let me just say, God is never vile, and he's never vulgar, and he's never um, coarse. He doesn't even like coarse joking. So I don't care how much that person has a calling, has had an anointing, and can still be anointed at certain times while God is letting them work this stuff out. I'm not going to agree that that was God speaking through you when you are vulgar and you curse if I even say shut up, like I'm talking and I say, well, the Lord said shut up. And the Lord's like, I don't use the word shut up. And I'll tell you, I'm sorry. I said shut up. God doesn't say shut up. It's time we get humble if we're going to stand before people and represent the Lord Jesus Christ. It's okay for people to know sometimes we talk out of our own flesh and not thus saith the Lord. Oh, and we need to know the difference and we need to quit trying to twist people's arm to believe that's God. God doesn't say that stuff, okay? God, how do you know? Look how Jesus talks. Now he may call somebody a dog, but you better be him if you're saying he's saying that and you better have his understanding and what he's doing and what he's testing, right? Hmm. Just so you know. God never uses his power that I can find in the new covenant to defend himself or to defend his apostles or prophets or anyone else, right? They all died, okay? They all got persecuted and died. They weren't on there going, God, we get a little bit of, of persecuted, just the testing grounds, and we, want, we think God's going to kill everybody for us. First of all, something's wrong with your heart if you want everybody dead because they said you were false or they said you had the wrong spirit or whatever. Who, just get, get healed. Get before God and you know that you know. I'm not saying it's an easy test to do in front of people. I don't think it is. I know it can be hard. I've been caught all kinds of things and it's hard. But you better work that out between you and God and not say thus saith the Lord when it's not thus saith the Lord. He is not vulgar. He's never vulgar. He's never vulgar. And he doesn't have people talk vulgar. He can, he can say things that are pretty hard hitting. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. He says, don't even have coarse joking. He says, every idle word you speak, you're going to give an account of before him. Now, when you see people do this, you don't just hate them or anything. You don't call them false. You pray for them. And you recognize you're not in that trial they're in. You're not in that position they're in. And you begin to intercede and pray for them. And we've got to recognize as God's going to begin to bring new people to the forefront, a lot of them haven't gone through a lot of the teaching that came out in the prophetic. They haven't been to an a inner healing meeting. They haven't been to some of these things. They, they don't know some of these things. And, and most people don't know a lot of these things. So that stuff's going to show up. 
So we don't throw stones at it when it shows up. We pray for them. But we also don't sit there and clap and act like it's God and put little comments like, oh, yeah, God. He doesn't talk like that. How do you know? Because it's the word. He is the word. He talks like he talks in the word. He may call somebody a viper. But he doesn't say, I'm going to kill you. He actually came and died for them. He's extremely merciful. He wants none to perish. He, Jesus isn't quite near as concerned about us dying as we are. Because he kind of knows that's your reward. It's going to be really good when you get here. <laughs> you know, not to kill yourself, but to know I, I've got to live forever, okay? So why don't I just really do this thing called life the way he wants me to? Won't that be cool? I'm going to live, for, I'm going to have tons of everything. I'm going to have a mansion. I'm going to have streets of, I'm going to, I, I'm not going to live this life for money and wealth and fame and for people to like me. Because if you really know you're going to live forever and you know you're going to be taken care of by God and you know you're going to be so, you're going to have every single thing you could ever think of almost. Even here he says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He doesn't say you just get them because you name it and claim it, just to be honest. Declare it and swear it. <laughs> the name it claim, the, 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 na- the people who, who came out of the faith movement and then went into the prophetic, so they judged the faith movement and said, they name it and claim it. Now they're all declaring and swearing. You know, it's like you're doing the same thing. It's fine if you name it, if God tells you to, and you claim it because he tells you it's yours it's fine if you declare it if he tells you to and then i don't know if you should ever swear i just thought that rhymed good but anyhow it's all about what is he saying what's he doing what where's your heart he wants a powerful people he wants to give you power he wants to give every person in here power but he doesn't want us destroying each other killing each other thank god some of these people who are prophets but they have some areas they need some healing Thank God God doesn't listen to everything they say. But they are releasing demons to vex people. Oh, this would be a good time to tell my one story, but we don't have time. All right. And, okay, so, and he delivered Lot, righteous Lot, who was vexed because of the filthy conversations of the wicked. Okay, you are vexed if you watch horror movies. You are vexed if you watch pornography. You are vexed if you watch soap operas. You are vexed if you watch the wrong news channels. You are vexed if you watch crime shows. Okay? What does it mean? It means demons can stir you up, get you agitated, make you so you can't sleep, and everything else. You're, you're vexed if you're into conspiracy theories. I'm just telling you. It is something to stir, take away your peace. It's to stir you and kind of make you crazy. Okay? And the devil wants to draw you to that. He's going to keep drawing you to it. you got to come to me and say, no, I'm not going there anymore. I refuse. I refuse to watch movies that have people. Oh, I'm going to say, I'll have to wait till we get up there to say this too. But anyhow, oh my goodness. Talk about some mess with Christmas decorations at some place this year. Lord, help us. It's vexing. I want you to get that. What they call fake news is vexing, okay? Propaganda is vexing. 
Do you get it? This Vex thing is big. This Vex thing is coming out all over the place. The radio. You, you got to get gas. You just want everyone to shut up. And that's machine. You're trying to talk on the phone or something. But you got the Bluetooth. That's okay. The phone's in there. The thing's in my ear. Can't blow up or whatever they think can happen. And then this thing. Do you want a sandwich? Do you want this? Do you want your credit? I'm like, shut up. And then if that's not bad enough, the person drives up beside you with the most vexing, filthy music in the world. The bomb, 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 bomb. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to get some gasoline here. Guys, our kids are surrounded with this. You might really try to let it be calm at your house sometimes, you parents who have young people still. They're in a totally, totally vexed, agitated world. They're in a totally vexed, agitated world. You need to break the power of vexation and sit down and be quiet. Why would the enemy do that? So you have no time to get quiet before the Lord. So you have no time to hear the Lord. He wants to keep you agitated and always after you and away from doing those things. Do you know how much time you would get if you'd hang out with God and not have to go to doctors and not have to go to court and not have to go to this and not have to go to that and not had to go to counselors and spend your time hanging out with God? Can I get a yes? All right. Now listen to this. For the righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing that vexed his soul from day to day with their unlawful unlawful deeds. Okay, people, we got to quit watching the news. I'm talking to me now too, okay, a little bit. Something about the, you know, the stuff that's happened with that. I get kind of where I want to see what happens and do they get them and all this and that. And I'm seeing myself being tempted to go back there because I used to love that kind of stuff. I used to like to figure things out and find out who, if they catch the criminal. I used to like those kind of shows before I was walking stronger in God. And I like the mystery shows and all that stuff. Okay. I don't like any, I break the power of it. Forgive me, Lord, for even watching some of these things about the thing in Idaho and all this other stuff because all over YouTube, it jumps at you. And so, Lord, forgive me. I want to think on things that are holy and pure and of good report. Get this vexing out of me. If y'all are saying amen for yourselves, amen. Lord, cleanse our eyes, cleanse our ears, cleanse our bodies, Lord, cleanse our minds. Father, just get all this vexing stuff that's all over our world and culture and comes blaring at us from every place, Lord God. All the propaganda, Lord, where we think that we can handle it, forgive us, Lord. Who are we, Lord? We are no different than Lot, who's got this surrounding him all the time. The difference is, Lord, we can hide in you. The difference, Lord, is we can say no by your spirit, Lord God. We thank you that you are going to set us free and our kids free from all of this mess. In Jesus' name, amen. Can't you see where the enemy uses all this social media and all this constant noise and all this constant? And everybody, I don't have time to read the Bible, I bet. (laughs) It's like, come here, come over here and get vexed. Come over here, I'll make this feel good. Come over here and you'll learn something and you'll see something new and this and that. And God's like, be still and know I'm God. I I don't know. I don't have young kids at home anymore. But I'm going to tell you what. You need some wisdom from God of what to do. And you need some repentance if you didn't help your children with that. And if you've done that right, then thank God. They still have to grow up and they've got to get to a place where they have to choose that. Look how many altar calls I could have done tonight. But that's okay. You can go home and 
go at the altar with all anything the Lord shows you with any of this. He says, so he's, all this vexes his soul. Unlawful deeds vex your soul. You know what? When you see that guy driving like a maniac, passing you and all this kind of stuff and going over the speed limit, that is a vexing spirit. That is a spirit that they get in and they drive like they think they own the road and they drive like they're crazy. They're breaking the law. They think they can handle it. That is being vexed. Okay, and you don't want, you need to pray for them. You need to ask God to put angels around them and you need to not be one of them. Okay, I don't care what kind of car you have. It's a spirit. If it comes on you, you're like, oh, watch this. You got to do this. Oh, watch this. Okay, that's not God. It's all over. Since lawlessness broke loose, have you noticed how big that is? Have you noticed how you see that everywhere as it's broke loose? Just break the power of it in Jesus' name. We are not going to be the people who live like the world. See, if we get vexed, we're going to be vexed. If we vex people, we're not going to have authority to vex. Don't draw people into you and what you want and what you think and what you think they should have. People need God. They need Holy Spirit. They need to hear Holy Spirit. They need to see what he wants for their lives. See, the church has so, Christians have so much vexing and they're counseling some of it in their preaching, the whole covering doctrine. The Lord's like, oh, I just feel the, the Lord's like, you've got to quit vexing each other. You don't have to think for somebody else. Let them think for themselves. Quit trying to have your older children do everything you want. Like you're going to make them so perfect. How did that work out for you? We have to be connected to the headship of Jesus Christ. Demonstrate that and pray. We have to quit looking at who's being vexed worse than you were and recognize that unless you were really walking with God, we all grew up with this vexing going on. And now God's saying, walk away from it. Tell it to loose you in Jesus' name and quit having the ones you like to hang on to and let it go. See, if, if I can, if I let the enemy operate in this way in my life in any way, then I'm not going to have authority in any of it. The Lord knows how to deliver. Okay, here we go. Ready? The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations while at the same time reserving the unjust for the day of judgment to be punished. Oh gosh, listen to this one. I'm going to, I'm going to put this in a different translation. So the Lord knows, we're going to finish with this. The Lord knows to deliver the godly out of temptation, to keep the unjust for a day of judgment to be punished. And most of all, those going after the flesh in the lust of defilement, despising rulership, darers, self-pleasing, they do not tremble at the things of God or the glories. They speak evil, where even angels, being greater in strength and power, do not bring against them a reproaching charge before the Lord. These are unreasoning natural beasts having been born for capture and corruption, speaking evil of which they are ignorant. They still utterly perish in their corruption, being about to receive the wages of unrighteousness, having been deemed indulgence in the day to be pleasure, spots and blemishes in their deceits, feasting along with you. That means this is in the church. There's people who live for the flesh. They live to party. They live to drink. They live for sexual perversion. They live for garbage. And yet they're in the church. That's what he's talking about. And he says, if they don't get it right and cleanse it up and get free, they're going to hell. 
full of adultery, never ceasing from sin, unsettled in their souls, a heart being busied with covetousness. Okay, he calls covetousness right in here. That's wanting what other people have. Covetousness is wanting what other people have. Instead of being thrilled with him. He calls them cursed children, forsaken a straight path. They went astray, found the way of Balaam, the son of Boar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Okay, th- I could keep going and going. This is too much. Actually, this is Second Peter 2.15. This is a literal translation. I don't have time. We'd be here for a very long time. We'll have to go through this sometime. I know I got teaching on this. This is all about corruption. Then they're enslaved. Then it goes, but with all that bad stuff going on, that's all over our world, everywhere, facing our children. Some of us are in, some of you are in parts of it. He says, 2 Peter 2.20, For if by a recognition of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they have escaped the defilements of the world, hmm, and they again become entangled, they have become overcome by these, then their last things have become worse than the first. For it was better for them not to recognize the way of righteousness than recognize it, to turn from holy commandments delivered to them. But the word of the true proverb has happened to them, the dog turning to his own vomit, and the sow washed sows walling in the mud. This is basically talking about people who know the ways of God, walk in the ways of God, stay free from stuff for a season, and then they let their tim, the flesh, take them right back into garbage. And he's saying here, their latter end is worse than if they had never been saved. It doesn't say you can't pray for them. But you need to decide not to be part of them. He's rebuking them for letting those people who continually walk in sin and all this. They're hypocrites, okay? This isn't people trying to get free. Right? This isn't people who are really trying to get free. Does everybody understand that? Hypocrites don't hang out here very long. Has anybody noticed? She might know what I'm doing. Yes, she might, because the Lord shows me all kinds of things. Here's the deal. If you want to be free, you're at the right place. If you're trying to play games, it's probably going to be called out. How do you know which it is? You know. You know if in your heart of hearts you want to be free. You know. You know, Lord, I want to live for you. Lord, I want to be free from this. Lord, I want to walk with you. Okay? Lord, I want everything that's real in you. If that's your heart, then hang in there, okay? Hang in there. That's why we're doing that entire thing in January. But if you think you're going to pull something over on God, like Ananias and Sapphira did, then you're, you just have no wisdom at all. I, I don't believe I have anybody playing games in here. But he knows. And I'm just telling you, if you're in condemnation, right, they're like, oh, that's talking about me. Look, if you're already saying it's talking about you, then it's probably not you. Because the devil's going to be the last person to make you think he's talking about you <laughs> if it's going to make you leave. If he, you know, if it's, the devil's going to be the one who's going to say, you're fine, you're great, just stay there if you're deceived. But he's going to be saying, you better get out there talking about you if you really want to get help. Do you get what I'm saying? The devil's a liar. So whatever he's saying is a lie. So Father, we thank you for your meat. 
And Lord, we just all come in agreement as touching that we want to be free from anything to do with being vexed or vexing anyone else. We cancel all assignments against us and against our families. And we ask you, Lord, to help us go deep and being completely delivered and set free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.